today on Ag News Daily. Hands-on uh, classes as well. We had like tractor power, so we were able to uh, disassemble an engine and then examine the pistons. I'm in electrical systems right now and fluids and hydraulics is also another uh, class we're taking. So it's just a wide variety. Well, listeners, here we are. First day Farm Progress Show, August 29th, 2023. Don't forget today's episode is brought to you by Farm Smart Podcasts. You can listen to the Farm Smart Podcast anywhere or by visiting Nutrient Ag Solution slash Farm Smart. Well, Delaney, this is uh, ceremonial right here at the opening of Farm Progress. Got the national anthem playing in the background. All right. I like it, Tanner. And how was the crowd getting in this morning? Took an hour to drive 10 miles. And I'm uh, going to blame it on my co-host, Corey. He is the <laughs> one that put a tweet out saying, everybody better get here early. And it sounds like and looks like everybody is here for the beginning of Farm Progress show. Everybody's just excited and they probably want to avoid some of the heat. <laughs> probably so. I think some of our friends, though, in the South are going to have a hard time avoiding Hurricane Idalia. This hurricane is now moving towards Florida and has powerful winds that are going to threaten a lot of the South. The storm has strengthened into a Category 3 hurricane, which has 75 mile an hour strong gusts or higher and is expected to make landfall in Florida tomorrow. So evacuations have begun. The National Guard is on call as we will see what the storm will deliver, but we will continue to keep an eye on that as well. Here at the Farm Progress Show, we've got good weather today, chances of showers in the afternoon, but ultimately a high in the low 80s. So it should be good weather for us here. Well, Tanner, as we look at yesterday's weekly crop conditions report, the heat that we saw last week did nothing really to decline conditions. We did see conditions drop just slightly, Tanner, but really not that much compared to some of the 100 degree plus days that we saw in much of the Corn Belt. As we look at crop conditions for the week ending August 27th, the corn and dough stages were at 88%, up four percentage points from last year at this time. And as we look at conditions, nationally corn was rated 56% good to excellent, down two percentage points from the previous week. Then as we look at soybean crop conditions, soybeans were rated also 58% good to excellent as of Sunday, down one percentage point. And harvest progress on spring wheat continued at a steady place last week, moving another 15 percentage points higher to be 54% completed as of Sunday, crop conditions for spring wheat was rated 37% good to excellent, down also one percentage point from last week. So all in all, didn't see crops decline too terribly much, even considering all the heat we saw. Yeah, it's uh, the drive over here was certainly pretty evident that the heat stress is hitting some of these fields. You can see the, the higher or sandier areas. Uh, you can also see corn starting to have some pinch shank. So. Uh, that is not a surprise. It'll be interesting to see what next week's report comes out as. We do see, however, in Michigan, farmers, environmental groups, and farming advocates are urging state lawmakers to pass their House Bill for 4673. This would be another state that would allow their farmers and ranchers to fix their own equipment instead of being forced to turn to the manufacturer. So we've seen other states fall in line, but as uh, those in Michigan are working towards here. They state that farmers are on the front lines of delivering quality and fresh products to Michiganders. 
They proudly enjoy the ability to feed themselves. 31 organizations have joined together and wrote a letter on the 22nd of August for state lawmakers, urging them to take up this bill and authorize the right to repair. Some farmers drove hundreds of miles to deliver this letter in person. The Agricultural Equipment Repair Act is referred to as the right to repair and appears that it could gain some momentum in Michigan. So we'll continue to keep an eye on that as other states, I would assume, continue to follow during this piece, uh, progress and pace as far as that goes, Delaney. Tanner, is Michiganders the correct term or did you make that one up? I did not make it up. That is in the <laughs> article. Uh, it sounds pretty cool, though. It does. I agree. I thought maybe you made it up, but no, I think Michigan, to clarify also, is going to be the second state if it does go through, because, of course, we've seen Colorado has passed it already. There's about 11 different states in our union working to pass similar legislation. But I believe if Michigan is successful, they will, in fact, be the second to get that done few of story headlines here coming out of the Russia-Ukraine area. Ukraine's very strongly opposing any future restrictions on grain exports and imports into neighboring countries. On September 15th, the European Union ban will end on Ukrainian grain, allowing Ukraine to export grain once again to Poland, Bulgaria, Hungary, Romania, and Slovakia. This ban went into effect in May to stop domestic sales of Ukrainian wheat, corn, rapeseed, and sunflower seed until September 15th. And Ukraine is doing all they can, Tanner, to make sure that it doesn't go back into effect on September 15th. However, we also got word that the Turkish, Turkish president will be visiting Black Sea, Russia's Black Sea resort of Sochi soon. And there he is really hoping to spend a great deal of time talking about the deal that allowed the maritime export of Ukrainian grain. As we know, Moscow quit that deal last month, and ever since, Turkey has been working very hard, Tanner, to try and persuade Russia to return to the agreement, and he said that is what he's going to spend a majority of his time discussing with Russian diplomats when he visits Sochi here. It doesn't say a date, but I'm assuming soon. Interesting. Yeah, the Ukrainian military has claimed further gains on the southern front of the Zaporizhia region. Uh, at least six people unfortunately died in Russian attacks on the eastern region of Donetsk. They are seeing heightened security measures around the St. Petersburg Cemetery amid speculation that the Wagner Chief burial site might take, that might be the burial site, and a ceremony may take place there. So they're prepping um, ahead of that as well. But my last article today is the livestock CME is continuing to gain strength. We continue to see the Chicago Mercantile Exchange feeder cattle futures gaining. I know we talked, uh, I don't know if we got that talked about yesterday during our Market Monday conversation or not, but as you dive deeper, the U.S. Labor Day holiday is traditionally one of the biggest barbecue weekends of the summer. And typically retail movement is kind of the last big push for our summer. Uh, the most active October feeder cattle trading jumped three and a half cents, while October live cattle jumped three and three quarters cents. We'll continue to keep an eye on where this sits, but box beef prices have eased. They had strong gains last week as we looked at what is happening here, but cattle processors slaughtered 125,000 head up 8.7% from the same period last year. So an interesting comparison to anyone 
we thought that numbers were down, we saw an increased slaughter. So, but that's the last headline I've got today reporting from Farm Progress Show. Well, Dana, speaking of percentages, we may see yet again another percentage interest rate hike, according to some recent statements issued by Jerome Powell. After last week's meeting in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, it sounds like Powell made some hawkish comments delivered at the event on Friday afternoon and putting very likely odds on the fact that we're going to see yet again another interest rate hike. He said that the Fed has not yet concluded the benchmark rate. And although they have been working very diligently, Tanner, to try and tamp inflation, it just isn't there yet. Uh, He said it is the Fed's job to bring inflation down to our 2% goal, and we will do so. We've tightened monetary policy significantly over the past year after inflation has moved down from its peak. A welcome development. It still remains too high. So, Tanner, following that news, it sounds like folks are putting pretty high odds on yet again another interest rate hike. The odds now are at about 60% across the board, saying that's likely... 60% odds are likely that we're going to see yet again another interest rate hike uh, for 2023. Yeah, it's interesting. We talk around the banking world quite a bit. The same factor that um, that is an expectation common in our industry as far as that goes. But uh, obviously we won't know until it actually happens. But I would say the odds are probably only going to increase as that gets closer. But uh, what do we have for markets at the open today? Well, dinner markets are trading fairly neutral here this morning as we head into opening session. September corn down just a quarter of a cent at 478 and a quarter. Decent new crop corn down a quarter of a cent as well at 496. September soybeans down 12 and a quarter at 1383. New crop beans down 11 and a quarter at 1394 and a half. Hard red September wheat down 12 and a quarter cent at 725. Chicago September spring, excuse me, Chicago September wheat down five and a half at 582 and a half. And September spring wheat, the only grain higher in the overnight, up four and a half cents at 769 and three quarters. A quick reminder at where livestock closed yesterday, October live cattle added 37 and a half cents, will open at a buck 81.55. September feeder cattle added $3 and seven cents, will open at 254.27 and a half. And October lean hogs added $2.02 will open at $81.85. Tanner, we're still continuing on the trend of folks heading back to school today, talking with a senior in ag systems technology to get her viewpoint on what she's learned the last four years at Iowa State, but also what's ahead for the ag technology space as she heads out into the real world here very soon. So let's turn it over to that conversation. With the Farm Smart Podcast, we're not just talking change, we're making change together. Farm Smart is where sustainability meets opportunity. We're helping growers leverage sustainable practices and products to record positive environmental impacts and provide new revenue streams. Tune in to learn more about sustainable ag and the opportunities and incentives that are enabling us to get to the future faster. Get the Farm Smart Podcast on your favorite streaming platform or at nutrientagsolutions.com slash farmsmart. With fall being here, that means college is back in session. So I am back on campus and hanging out with some of my sorority sisters. And one of my sorority sisters, Ashley Althouse, is an ag systems technology major here at Iowa State. Ashley, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and also touch on what ag systems technology is? 
Yeah, uh, thank you. It's been good to be on here. Um, I am a, going into my senior year at Iowa State in Ag Systems Technology uh, with a minor in agronomy. And Ag Systems Technology is really just more of a hands-on focus applied engineering um, degree that you go into. And you can it's more of like a problem-solving uh, major type where you get to have all your hands in the fire, whether it's, whether it's in um, designing um, projects or fixing tractors or... Um, learning about biorenewables, um, just kind of learning that temporal and spatial variability within that degree realm in there and learning how to solve technology problems that we are facing in the agricultural industry that help pivot us towards a more sustainable and promising future. Wow, so it sounds like you do a lot of science, math, everything that I don't necessarily do. So it's great that we have people that can be strong in those areas because it's super important. And being a woman in this field, I'm sure that's not as common as you may hope it to be. So how did you get into it and what has it been like? Yeah, uh, growing up, I grew up in North Central Illinois and came out to Iowa State. I've never been west of the Mississippi until my college visit about three years ago. And it kind of just felt like the perfect pair of shoes that fit uh, Iowa State. Um, just number one career fair uh number one college VAG program, I think. They always go between with Purdue or U of I. Um, it just kind of checked all the boxes I was looking for. And I grew up on a corn and soybean operation at home, and I was with three younger sisters, so I was the son my dad never had, and I was thrown in the tractor at the age of eight years old and kind of expecting to know the ropes and learn how to bail, you know, six bales high of hay <laughs> right away, too, as soon as I could. Um, so kind of just being involved in the family operation at a very young age is kind of molded into that uh, realm for AST. And that's kind of how I knew going, uh, choosing a major that this one would be right for me is I like problem solving. I like being out in the field. I like fixing things. I like to be um, boots on the ground. (laughs) And yeah, it just seemed right. That's amazing because I know that it would be something that I know is a challenge for myself. And while I love challenges, this is not a challenge that I would necessarily enjoy. So that is incredible that you were able to kind of take all of that and put it into something that you're super passionate about. So tell us a little bit too, you're going into your senior year. What have your experiences in ag system technology been like within the university? And then tell us a little bit about what outside of the university you've been active in doing. Yeah. Yeah. So my experience was different because I was I actually graduated high school in 2020, so I came in during the COVID class. So a lot of our classes, like the first year or so, were a mixture of hybrid or they were virtually all online too. So going in was uh, different having that uh, remote aspect as well, but we um, made the most of it too. Um, some of like my early classes would be with Autodesk Inventor, and we might have been um, designing um, just simple projects, whether it might have been looking like a, a cylinder or a hose and then it kind of just advanced later on until we learned in Creo Parametric, where you were designing um, other aspects too, um, whether it's like a hitch pin, for instance. Um, then there's more like the hands-on uh, classes as well. We had like tractor power, so we were able to uh, uh, re- disassemble an engine and then examine the pistons and um, the valves, and then we put that all back together too in one of my classes for labs. Um, I'm in electrical systems right now and fluids and hydraulics is also another uh, class we're taking. So it's just a wide variety. And then you go into like the fundamentals of technology too. And I think all that's really important. I mean, um, growing up, um, we didn't have all the latest and greatest technology and moving forward, um, there's going to be autonomous tractors in the future, no doubt about it. So just seeing this transition, what's Iowa State is pumping through the funnel is amazing. 
Absolutely. And it sounds like you've had a great experience, which I'm sure has prepared you immensely for everything that you've done outside of the university for internships. What have your internships looked like and how have those kind of helped you for what you hope to be your future career? Yeah. So for the first year, it was during COVID. So I kind of went back home to Illinois and worked for a Gromark FS as an intern down there and I kind of was more on the precision ag side so we were a uh, drone flying I was doing more crop scouting based work there and then um recently the past two years I interned with John Deere I was on their corn and soybean production systems side as an intern and then I was on the uh embedded precision technology side this past summer too so kind of um working with all different facets of John Deere and the technology um too whether it's their new displays or receivers or um modems or yeah anything along those lines Definitely. It sounds like you've had a lot of amazing experiences and made some great connections too. So what are you hoping to do with your future? You have a lot of amazing experiences and I'm sure it's all truly building up to a final endpoint that you're looking towards. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, I just want to give the best version of myself to the agricultural industry. I know it's whether it's feeding the world, they always say, but it's like more than that too. It's like food, fuel, fiber, feed. Um, I just want to give the best version to myself, too, and any um, asset of that I could contribute would be uh, a huge step for me. And I kind of just try to learn and try to be a sponge while I'm here at Iowa State and in my internships to just learn as much as I can. Know that I'm going to fail, but, you know, when you fail, you become closer to what you want to become, too, in that same time. And just looking at things differently, looking at problems differently. Um, I think in the future, I, I see myself as, you know, a farm manager. I can see myself as a researcher. I can see myself as a teacher. Uh, just trying to give the best version of myself I can be in, um, helping the ones behind me too, and get them all on the way to create new innovative products that help drive this industry forward. That's amazing. And I'm sure with all of this, technology has changed immensely from when you first started studying it to now, and it will continue to change Um into your future career as well what have those evolutions within technology looked like during your time and what have what are your thoughts about them like how do you feel like it has impacted yourself in your work yeah it's kind of like a smartphone you know growing up my parents had flip phones and now here we are with the you know iphone 14 that's coming out or like this is a big phone um that's same with technology i remember writing the planner and you know my dad was using markers you know to keep track of the lines you know to which which pass to go down next and everything and now like we have auto steer and you just click the button and go and anymore even like with combining too you just kind of click the button and go and then you have your your um Schaefer and your sieve clearance and everything kind of all set to technology has aided tremendously with that and you know in the future as well with new technology pumping up pumping out of the um pipeline too you have like machine sync that they have in, in combine and corn you have the grain cart come right up to you and you just press a button and they just sync um autonomously or right in line and you just go down the field and unload on the go like that um so there's it's vastly changing and it's going to keep um continuously changing too and just knowing how to manage that data and all of uh the technology being um, placed forth is going to be huge absolutely and just to kind of wrap everything up i'm sure you have some amazing advice for women and even men that are looking towards working in ag systems technology in their future and maybe even for employers when working with young adults like ourselves in this area so what would you have to say about that and what would be your best advice that you could give for anyone interested yeah i think one advice i've learned a lot this year is uh, if you want to make a small change change the way how you do things if you want to make a big change change the way how you look at things and it doesn't matter if you're a male or female or old or young you all can equally contribute to this industry in any shape size or form and 
just go in ready to take it on and have a positive outlook on it and ask all the questions you can and yeah amazing well thank you so much for joining us today ashley we really appreciate it and you've had some amazing insights all right thank you very much with the farm smart podcast we're not just talking change we're making change together farm smart is where sustainability meets opportunity we're helping growers leverage sustainable practices and products to record positive environmental impacts and provide new revenue streams tune in to learn more about sustainable ag and the opportunities and incentives that are enabling us to get to the future faster. Get the FarmSmart podcast on your favorite streaming platform or at NutrientActSolutions.com slash FarmSmart. What a good conversation. Hopefully we bring you a couple of Farm Progress Show interviews the rest of the week. But don't forget, subscribe to the FarmSmart podcast on your favorite streaming platform or visiting NutrientActSolutions.com slash FarmSmart. But Delaney, for today, what do you say? Should let the listeners go? Let's let them go. 